Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. That he may send the Christ, the anointed one, who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything. As he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people and you must listen to everything he tells you everyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from among his people indeed all the prophets from Samuel on as many as have spoken have foretold these days and you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers he said to Abraham through your offspring all peoples hallelujah on earth will be blessed say that with me through your offspring all peoples on earth will be blessed hallelujah glory to god i want to share with you uh from this subject as we continue to restore series this morning the origin of restoration where does restoration come from let me help you restoration doesn't start with your desire to be restored it doesn't start with your prayer or your crying out. God wanted to restore you before you ever called on him. It is his desire to see every single one, all of us, restored. So Father, think through my mind and speak through these lips of clay as an oracle. You've done it for years. Where there is no vision, no visionary, where there is no oracle, where there is no revealer of truth, the people will cast off restraint. I humbly submit to your will and I'm asking you to use these lips of clay. Speak through this dusty frame and we will give you the glory and the praise and the honor. Go before the word, Holy Spirit, even as you hover over the darkness to prepare your people with ears to hear, Give us a mind to comprehend. Release a heart to receive and a spirit to contain a rhema. And we will give you the glory and the praise and the honor. In the matchless and most wonderful name that is above every name. The name that saves, the lamb that claims. The one who shed his blood and then rose from the dead. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ, the anointed one, 
and his anointing. And let the church say amen. Amen. Glory to God. Put your hands together and let's give him the glory for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peter here speaks to the crowd about a time of refreshing that was foretold by the prophets. That a time of refreshing would come from the Lord. I want to bring you back to verse 19, repent. That is out of Acts chapter 3, verse 19, repent then and turn to God. So that your sins, King James says, will be blotted out. The New International Version says wiped out that the times of refreshing, refreshing the times of renewal, the times of restoration may come from the Lord. I want you to pull that out in part B of that verse. It doesn't come from man. Refreshing comes from the Lord. The refreshing comes from the Lord. In other words, the origin of all refreshing comes from the Lord. If you've ever recovered a relationship, if you've ever been restored in any way or any place in your life, remember it didn't come because you desired it. I know you have a desire to see restoration, but you must understand that God gave you the desire to correct some things in your life. And he is the origin, the author and the finisher of restoration. He started it, and if you trust him, you will see it completed in your life. I like verse 25, and you are heirs of the prophets. He prophesied it to Abraham. He prophesied it to the prophets, especially Moses, that God would raise up one of his brethren, likened unto Moses, a leader of the people. Speaking of Christ himself, he prophesied that Jesus would come as a part of the nation, but through him, all peoples is right there in the text, not just the nation of Israel, but all peoples through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. But I like verse 25. You are heirs of the prophets. You're right in line for this blessing. You're an heir. Just like if I was a multi-billionaire and you were my uh, heir, that means when I pass away, you would be the one that would inherit the billions, even though you didn't do anything to raise the money. But because you're connected to me, you become an heir of everything that I own. And this is the kind of mentality we need to have for those that are braggadocious believers. Braggadocious believers walk, walking around pumpers, pious peacocks. Walking around prancing about, I'm the best. I'm the best. You need to understand you didn't do anything to earn this. This is why everybody needs to be walking in humility today. You're an heir of the promise of God. In other words, he joined you in even as a wild olive shoot. You're not even a part of the, the regular foliage. He pulled a wild, a wild vine and grafted it into himself, glory to God, and allowed life to pump into you. And you became likened unto the natural. And therefore, you're in title to the fruit glory to God and the resources of the one who made you heir and so you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant it's not that we earned it it came from him 
heir of the prophet and of the covenant made with your father. Glory to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. The word Christ means anointed. And we need to celebrate the anointing that's on the anointed one. The oil that flows from him. It flows from the head which is Christ and then on the beard to those who are mature. Little boys don't grow beards. And if you're growing a beard, you should start acting like you're maturing and, and developing to some degree. Because the oil doesn't come to those that lack beards. It comes to those from the head to the ones who are mature in the kingdom. To the ones who don't just look physically mature, but in their mind and in their soul, they're able to manage things and put stuff into place in its rightful place and structure their lives because of the oil that's coming from the head to then the bearded ones, then to the skirt, that which is visible to everybody. And if you keep working with the anointing, it would eventually sodden and saturate the land that's around us. If you want the commanded blessing, hallelujah, to touch household, get under, align yourself with the head so that the, the anointing would rest upon the mature and then to those things that are visible and the land as well. Can the church say amen? If you're the bearded one or if you're the skirt, the part of the visible church, the church visible. If you're part of the church visible, glory to God, that which people see. Some people are part of the church hidden. No one ever see you. You're working behind the scenes, but if you're part of the church visible, you never have to scream for the anointing. You don't even have to ask for it. All you must do is align yourself. Align yourself with the purpose of God and the oil will run naturally down. Gravity pulls it down. Glory to God. Gravity pulls it from the head to the beard and then to the skirt. So you never have to say, God, anoint me. If you're not anointed, it means there's an area of your life that's not aligned. Get aligned, you're going to get sodden with the oil that's coming from the head. Can somebody say amen? Glory, hallelujah. So restoration in the word of God is synonymous with several things. Number one, it's synonymous with healing. It's also synonymous with repairing. Even now, I decree that God is repairing the breach, the breaches in our lives, the separations, the links that have been broken. So it is synonymous with healing. When I say restoration, you need to say, God, I claim my healing. That's good. Somebody's catching it. Amen. If I say God wants to restore you, what are you saying? I claim my what? I claim my healing. And it's also re re synonymous with repairing. It means there's something broken and God wants to repair it or make it work more efficiently. Restoration is also synonymous with returning. So there's some things or people that have left and God says, I'm going to bring them back. I'm even decreeing and declaring right now in this church, you will see a group of people who left the ministry as they meander. They're going to start saying, you know what? I need to go home. And there's going to be a returning. And when they do, I don't want you acting funny with them. I want you to treat them like a lady and like a man. Treat them like a lady. I don't, 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 don't. Act like they never left before in their lives. Can the church say amen? Don't treat Michael Jordan right. And when somebody comes that's been gone for a while, you snarl your nose at them. I want you to treat everybody the same way. Can the church say amen? Well, I'll preach if y'all say amen. amen. 
in the previous state of being. Uh, that's what it means to be restored, to take you to the previous state of being. Even Psalm 51, David cried out, Lord, restore to me the joy. I had joy, but it's gone. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with a willing spirit. In other words, what will hold me or make me connected with you is when I don't have to love you or serve you because it's laborious to me or you're forcing me to do it. Just give me a willing heart. When you put something on my heart, make me willing to go after it. That's how God upholds us with the willing spirit that he releases within us. Notice he restores the joy and then he gives us a willing heart to keep pursuing after him. Although we may stray. We may stray from steadfast faith. At times we even stray from obedience. But there are numerous passages of scripture in the word of God that helps us to understand that God is all about restoration. So look to the word for inspiration, for renewal. For renewal of your entire life. Restoration is also a recurring theme, a recurring theme in the scriptures. The Bible is always talking about being restored. For those who strayed from the teaching. There are people who are actually teaching false doctrine, straying from the truth. The Bible says in the last days there will be perilous times. Men will, will be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. They will even uh, heap unto themselves teachers after itching ears, teaching stuff that's not even in the word or twisting the scripture to fit what they want. God wants us to stick with the scripture even if it slaps you in the face. Pow! Even if the word slaps you, if it slaps me, pow! I got to stand still and still receive the word that slaps me. Glory to God. And you have to be the kind of person that stands still and let the word slap you. Let's see how much love you got for Jesus when it slaps you. Or do you walk out when it slaps you? As long as it's slapping them, you can point fingers. But when it starts slapping you, what do you do then? Can the church say amen? amen? Restoration is a reoccurring theme in the word. For those who strayed from biblical faith. Foolishness. You started with faith. You can't end with flesh. Or with saying I'll do this and do that to please God. Nothing we do pleases God. It starts with faith in God. Receiving him as the penalty for our sins. From there, we start doing what we do. And all through the process, we give God glory as we move toward the promised land for saving us, sanctifying us, and filling us with his spirit. God sought to restore even the divine relationship with his people. And that is a wonderful thing. He repairs what is decayed. Talking about restoration. Including personal relationships, fortunes, and your health. So God repairs that which is decaying, including personal relationships, fortunes, money lost, and your health that's lost. 
And when I say restoration, you need to start thinking about personal relationships in your life. You need to think about your fortunes. You want to think about money because he wants you to have some money. And you want to think about health. He wants you to walk in optimal health. The Bible says it in Hosea's chapter 6 and verse 1. Come. Remember the origin. Come. Let us return to the Lord. It looks like we desire to turn to the Lord when you first read verse 1. But notice what he says. He has torn. Before you said I'm returning back. It says he has torn us to pieces. But he will heal us. He has injured us. But he will bind up our wounds. Notice devil isn't even mentioned. I want you all to get this. The devil isn't a part of this tearing. The devil isn't a part of this injury. Because a lot of times he loves us. I think I shared with you a few weeks ago when a sheep would leave in Palestine and go astray. Especially if it was constantly leaving. The shepherd would find the sheep. Thank God he would rejoice. But what you don't understand, he would then break the sheep's leg himself. He would break, <coughs> break the leg and then put a splinter on the leg, lift up the lamb, put it on his shoulder and walk it back to the fold. Glory to God. And carry it until it heals. And when that lamb starts walking again, guess where it's stuck? Right next to the shepherd. No matter where he moved. The one that will go astray. Was always connected. And that's what God has been doing to some of us. You, you think it's out of the noise. You think the noise is all about people that's attacking you. But what God is doing is breaking your tendency. Because if you're left alone you'll always go astray. A child left alone will bring his mother to shame. A man is not good for a man to be alone. Because a man can do more damage to himself when he's alone than anybody else can do to him. So God says because you have a tendency when you're alone in your mind, in your psyche to go astray, I'm going to break you. Then I'll carry you. Ain't no, no footprints in the, in the sand but mine. You're not even on the ground. I got you lifted up. Everything that you experience, everything that you're accomplishing right now is not just because of human ingenuity. There is a divine initiative and origin. The man is carrying you back to the fold. Come on, say divine initiative. Glory to God. This is not human ingenuity. This is not you working some stuff out. This is not you applying yourself. God is carrying you to a new place. And when he puts you on the ground, you say, come, let us return to the Lord. You can't read that verse without seeing a God who broke you. Who loved you enough. To break you down. If you continue to make the money. If you continue to rise. With the heart you have. You would have left him totally. He loved you enough to crumble it. To shock you. To shock everything about you. Because he loves you that much. And this is what they say in Hosea chapter 6. He has torn us to pieces. But he will heal us. He has injured us. But he will bind up our wounds. 
In Jose, we see a woman by the name of Gomer, who was married to Jose, but she was a woman of Hardom. God told him to go to the red light district and I want you to marry her. The miracle is not that he married her. The miracle is that he fell in love with her. He knew she was a whore when she married him. But he fell in love with her. He loved everything about her. Even though she didn't stay faithful to him. She still, he still loved her. Even though she got pregnant from other people. He still loved her and took care of all the babies. Because God was showing Israel what it's like for him to be in love with someone that's not in love with him. Y'all ready for this? Talking about restoration. He fell in love with her. He went to the window. She'll stay gone for five weeks. He going to the window looking to see if she come back. Like God does for us. Ain't prayed in a year. Still bless you. Woo, Jesus never say hallelujah won't even praise but he still sends the blessings your way you get pregnant from the world bring back in an ideal he still watches over it like it's his got your mind and everything else got ideas but it's not coming from him yet he watches over the children like it's his how many ministries have started and God had and he wasn't the origin. He wasn't the one who seeded it. He wasn't the one who gave the idea. Yet he watches over it because it's helping people. It didn't come from his heart. It didn't come from his mind. It didn't come from being intimate with him. It came from a tie with something in the streets. How many of us have been torn? But healed by the Lord. One day Jose goes to the window. Gomer never comes back. Two weeks, three weeks, five weeks. So he leaves the children with a caretaker. And he goes out looking for her. When he finds her, she's on a slave block, real skinny. And they're jeering her because she doesn't have luster anymore. Selling her for pennies. She's in so much debt, they're selling her for pennies. Nobody wants to buy her. At one time, everybody wanted her. But now nobody wants her. She's all washed up. Jose comes to the crowd. I see, I pay top dollar for her. I still see the value in her. Because I love her. Y'all don't understand love. You don't understand. Love is not just when you're performing. Restoration is about, I know your potential. He pays top dollar for her, puts a coat around her, takes away her shame, takes her all the way back home. He doesn't say, you messed me up. He takes her back home. He takes and put her in the tub. He washes her out. He washes her hair with his words. There he tells her how he feels. You hurt me deep as he's washing her out, dousing her with water, but also feeding the honey. Make sure that a luster comes back. He restores her to health. He washes her out. Make sure everything is clean inside and out. Who Jesus. 
And then when he can make her a slave himself, he says, I'm not going to be make you a slave. Glory to God. Today, I'm going to change my name. I'm not your master. Ooh, Jesus. I'm going to set you free. Let me tell you something else I'm going to do. I purchased a valley called Acor, and I bought it for you. I want you to thrive. I want you to have fortune. Ooh, Jesus. Talking about love. When you read Jose, when he talks about this in chapter 6, you have to understand God will tear you, or he'll allow circumstance to make you real skinny. He'll take away the luster because he loves you. And after it's all over, he'll redeem you or restore you back. Come on, let's give him a praise for the restoration, not only of Goma, but your restoration, my restoration, it's all coming from God. We're changed by seeing the Lord's glory. We're changed by seeing the Lord's glory in his church. God wants the church to be restored. We're changed by seeing the Lord's glory also in his ministries. God wants the ministries to thrive. We're changed by seeing the Lord's glory in our spiritual gifts in operation. They can't just be in operation with regard to the leader and his staff. The gifts need to be in operation as it relates to all of you. Because every one of you has been given a gift. And there's like 23 of them that are manifested in the scriptures. They're not just nine. Gifts of administration. Gifts of mercy. Gifts of healing. I'm not talking about talents right now. I'm talking about gifts of the spirit. God even gave us talent. But that's not how you serve him through talent. You serve him through your gifts. You use your talents to serve. <laughs> But the talents don't worship God. So we're changed by seeing the Lord's glory in his church, in his ministries, and in the operation of spiritual gifts. And the gifts are the overall aspects of his nature. They are the overall aspects of the nature of God. Talking about the origin of restoration. Everything that you see from gifts and fruit are aspects of his nature pumping through us. They reveal his glory. The nine fruit of the spirit and the nine uh, charisma gifts in 1 Corinthians 13. But also in Romans 12 and Ephesians 4. We behold, we look closely and intensely at the overall aspects of the nature of God. And if you can see them, you're likely to be more likely to be changed uh, and transformed in, in the very, to the very nature of God yourself. So the gifts in the, and the, uh, that are in operation, if you really gaze and look at them and start operating, you'll start picking up the nature of God yourself. We talk about it in Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is the way we worship. That's the primary way we worship, by presenting this. Not talents, by presenting this, especially heart. You got to present it to him. 
Then be not conformed, verse 2, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when you start operating in the gifts, you should pick up the mind of God and the character or the nature of God if you're using his gifts. Glory to God. If you were working in my company and you're using my material, you should start picking up the, the nature of the company. And believing in it and you start making it yours instead of it's just his and you stealing from me it's ours and God wants us to get to a place where it's not his church it's our church it's our ministry he's given us the gifts to expand the kingdom in the world if it's my church you don't have to do anything but show up but if it's our church you're going to come and check on you're going to drive by, give the church a drive by, but not just drive by. You're going to come on in the house and you're going to come in with the right attitude and you're going to come in with some sheaves and you're going to come in with a praise and you're going to come in with a good attitude and you're going to come in shaking hands, pressing palms and kissing babies and you're going to come in with a smile. Get your face saved and you're going to come in worshiping the Lord and you're going to get here on time. You're going to get here not when everybody else is leaving. You're going to get here before they get here and start worshiping God yourself and get the word in your soul because when the word starts pumping glory to God like that music you used to like like that music you used to you start moving swifter and faster and going higher and getting stronger than you ever believed you would be glory to God one of the major attributes of the love of the att attributes of the nature of God is the love of God glory to God God love. He, God's love is so powerful. God's love is so powerful. He loved Adam and Eve even though he made them naked. They were not ashamed. He loved them enough to cover their shame with glory. I don't know if you heard what I said. His love covered the nakedness with glory. Let's just visit that in our mind for a moment. And in chapter 3, they lost the glory. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, she ate of it and gave it to her husband and he ate. And her eyes were open. And there's the absence of glory and they realized that they were naked. The loss of glory in the garden. And that glory, it didn't evaporate, it left the garden. Now the garden is without glory. The natural is really natural. There's no supernatural in the garden, only the natural. And in the first moments of that, you see the blame game kick in. Look what you did. You messed me up. And if we don't have glory, all we'll do is point fingers at each other. You messed me up. No, you messed me up. And every time you point your finger that way, you got three pointing back at you. You got three pointing back at you. You did it. God says, man, what did you do? It's a woman you gave me. He didn't say, Lord, it's me standing in the need of prayer. You're the one made me first. You know, she came for me, but you made me first. He said, a woman. The blame game. I did everything I'm supposed to do. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. 
The blame game kicked in. When you don't have glory in a church, the blame game will kick in. When you don't have glory in a ministry, we'll hurt each other. When you don't have glory in a ministry, the gifts will function, but there will be no grease or no grace, and we will bump into each other. We need glory in the house. Can somebody say amen? That glory lifted. That glory lifted. It never settled again like it should. It never settled again. Even Moses had a type of glory, but it was a glory that faded. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 7. It should be on the screen. Please follow me as I follow Christ. Now, if the ministry that brought death, talking about the ministry of Moses, notice the Bible says his ministry brought death, even though it was the tablets of stone, even though it was the righteous law of God. They were incapable of managing the righteousness of God without the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture says it was a ministry that brought death, which was engraven in letters on stone, talking about the commandments. And if anybody had been religious in their life and they read this, they would have to throw religion out. People don't read the scriptures. That's why long dresses, white dresses, and, and things like that are kind of looked at as being religious. God could care less about that. When God says a woman should be covered in church, he's talking about you need a husband. Not a hat. Now, if you want to wear a hat, let's do it. But it don't make you more holy when you wear that. I like hats. But you got to understand, hat don't make you holy. Just like a nice suit don't make a man righteous. Right? Am I right about it? Come on, I'm go let me go old school. Am I right about it? Am I right about it? Some of y'all won't say amen until I go religious. Can I, am I right? Am I right about it? If the ministry, this is what Paul said, the ministry brought death. It's incapable of pleasing God in religion. If the Bible says, if it brought death which was engraven in letters of stone, came with glory. It did come with glory. So that the Israelites could not look steadfastly on the face of Moses because of its glory fading. Though it was. So Moses, when he came off the mountain, <laughs> he was in the presence of God for 40 days. The Shekinah glory was visible on the man. In other words, when he walked down off the mountain, imagine me uh, being gone for 40 days and I come back and I'm walking up in here, but my face is shining. Physically. His face was shining so much. The people said, whoa, whoa, look at his face. They were afraid to get close to him. And he's carrying the holy tablets in his hands. That's what he's describing. The Bible says they could not steadfastly look at the face of Moses because of its glory, though it was. Look at verse 8. Will not the ministry of the Spirit. Now he's showing you a contrast. That if what brought death was glorious, so that his face shined, which was fading. Look at verse uh, 8. Will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious if that which brought death was glorious how much more that which restores that which brings life 
That which heals body brings back fortunes. That corrects health. Opposite of death. Will not the ministry of the spirit be even more glorious? Look at verse 9. If the ministry that condemns men is glorious. How much more the glorious. Much glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness or redemption or restoration. So if, if Moses, we all look at him, man, the man call manna down the man opened up the red sea through the power of god the man did some miraculous things but the bible says his stuff was fading it was for a moment and it's fading he's saying the ministry that's coming is even more glorious than moses but everybody if you had to pick with christ or pick moses i want the miracles of moses that's what most people i want mo Ooh, i want a rod i want to cast it down and you see it turn into a snake Ooh, I want my face to shine. Ooh, I'll make money as a prophet that way. Now, prophet. You forget, you're, you're going back to Old Testament when God says there's something coming that's greater than old. Come on, revealer of truth, Holy Ghost. Come on with it. I feel you. Speak to my mind. Speak through these lips of clay as an oracle. For where there is no vision, the people perish. Ooh, Jesus, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that condemns men is glorious, how much more the glory, the glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness. Verse 10, for what was glory? He keeps saying it. What was glorious? For what was glorious? For what was glorious? Has no glory. For what was has no glory. Now in comparison with the surpassing glory. He's saying what you saw with Moses. What was can't even compare with that which excels. We can't see it because you need faith to see this. You're not going to see a face shine. But you got to see it through the scripture. Moses' face shine, but you have a glory now that looks like the lunar, the star. Hallelujah. It looks like the lunar, the star that's in our hemisphere compared to Moses' face. The Son of God himself is here. And if Moses was glorious, hallelujah, what about the one that excels? What about the ones whose light never dies? Woo, Jesus. I like it again for what was glorious. Has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. I like verse 11. And if what was fading. If what was fading away came with glory. How much greater is the glory which lasts. So a flashlight can't compare to a star. Oh. Ooh, Jesus, look at verse 12. Therefore, since we have such hope, we're not blank. We're not we're not casual. We're bold. We use great plainness of speech. We are not like Moses. We are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face when he preached the people. He put a veil over his face. 
He had to act like this when he preached to people because they would always, always, always run when they saw the man with a veil on his face. But God says there's something greater than that kind of ministry where the preacher can't reveal themselves, can't show that they're human. There's something about the glory that excels. It's not about us. It's about the one who raised us up. It's about the one who washed us clean. It's about the one who died. Hallelujah and gave his life it's not about a man it's not about merton merton have no momentum merton have no message without the man of christ the man called christ the god man whose glory excels Every preacher's got to get out of the way with this glory. Every woman of God's got to get out of the way when this glory shows up. Look at the word, not like Moses. Who talks like that? Who talks like that? Not like Moses. Verse 13. Not like religion. Not like dressing up in choir suits. Not like rituals. Not like ceremonies. Woo, Jesus. Not like the, the, it's like, but it's not the Levitical priesthood. It's after the order of Melchizedek now. Woo, Jesus. Whole nother system. Not like animal sacrifices. Not like blood everywhere. One man died once. See, he died once. Not every day. He just one time and his blood is efficacious. It cleansed then. It's cleansing now. And it's going to cleanse in the future. Not like Moses. Woo, Jesus. You got to settle the issue now. Do you want religion or do you want this glory? Do you want to go back to rituals, long dresses, and no earrings, or do you want God? Do you want to go back, hallelujah, to condemnation and stoning? Uh, when you make a mistake, you get stoned. Uh, you get kicked out of the camp, or do you want somebody that loves you? Even if they got to tear you, they got to tear you down and break you down, but they'll put you on their shoulder and march you back to hell, not like most. The origin of this restoration comes from the man called Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. He didn't condemn his children, but that the world through him might be saved. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. We're not like Moses who put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. But their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when the Old Testament is read. You're going back to the Old Testament to set up laws and rules and regulations. Yes. What happens? A veil is placed between God and his people. 
Look at the word. It has not been removed. It has not been removed. The veil is still there. And that's why you got people even today in the 21st century that goes back to rituals in the Old Testament to try to find righteousness today. And there's a veil. It has not been removed because only in Christ is right there. Only in Christ is it taken away. And when he called me, he said, I want you to go and teach them my word. Don't teach them religion. Don't teach them statutes of the Old Testament alone. We can get the righteousness that comes from the Old Testament. But don't put these labels on my people. What I want you to do is teach them Christ. Teach them who I am. The world didn't call you. The church didn't even call you. I called you. I said, but I'm not perfect, Lord. He says, I know. And I didn't call you because you're perfect. I called you because you won't preach your name. You'll preach mine. Because in my name, sick bodies are healed. Hallelujah. In my name, minds are regulated. In my name, hearts are turned around. In my name, serpents stop biting the people of God. In my name, uh, I give them living bread. In my name, I reveal truth to my people. In my name. People can start over again. In my name, there's forgiveness of sin. In my name, there's liberty. In my name, there's restoration. In my name, there's glory. Even the righteous run into my name and they're safe. In my name, there's safety. In my name, there's healing. In my name, there's deliverance. In my name, there's hope. Hallelujah. In my name, children can come home. In my name, personal relationships can be restored. In my name, cities are shaken. In my name, there's expansion. In my name, communities are revitalized. In my name, dead are raised to life. In my name, diseases have to die. In my name, they worship. Not like Moses. Moses is not the origin. Moses didn't start it. I am that I am started. Glory to God. Put your hands together. I feel the Holy Ghost. Woo, Jesus. I'm almost done with this one, verse 16. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit of restoration, of healing. And where the spirit of the Lord is, come on, there's freedom. That's why we must preach Christ. There is no restoration without Jesus. You may think you're being restored. 
It's a glory that's fading. If you want it to last, you got to get with Christ. If you want it to last, you got to get with the man called Christ. There are other aspects of the nature of God. Like his peace, his patience, his faithfulness, all seen in Galatians 5. It all makes up the fruit of the spirit. Gentleness in all nine is the governor of all fruit. You got nine fruit of the spirit. Take away one, you have eight. The, 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 there are nine, but the one that's the central one that governs all fruit. It governs it, tempers it. It is the conduit in which the fruit is produced is gentleness. And one of the things God wants to develop now in this season is the gentleness of God. In other words, we can't just be rock hard Christians. Any good kind of Christians. Any good. He wants us to be more gentle with each other. He wants us to slow it down and speak as if we love. And there are times when we need to assert, but we need to be gentle as we assert. Amen. If there's a fly on your table, you got a countertop from Italy, and I'm at your house, there's a fly. I got a napkin there and a sledgehammer. And that fly landed on your nice plate that you got from Neiman Marcus. And it's sitting there, I'm eating. And a fly uh, came on my plate. And I got a sledgehammer and a napkin. I can take the napkin with gentleness and shoot the fly away. Or I can take the sledgehammer. Now what would you say about me if I take a sledgehammer to kill the fly? I got it. He's dead. But what else did I destroy? God wants to govern us. Temperance in all things. I have the ability to close and to crush this egg that's in my hand. Got a dog biting my I stepped in something that the dog laid. Got a baby in my arms. I'm on the phone with my spouse and they're yelling at me. Or not talking at all. And I still hold that egg without crushing it. This is the kind of fruit that God wants to give his people. You can be under pressure, under fire. But you hold it. You learn to. That's what he's breathing on us now. It's a sign of being restored. Because usually when we crush it. There's something that happened to us. And there are triggers that make us crush everything precious to us. That's why God wants us to be restored. I'm closing here. Restoration is a new birth. It's like to be reborn. To be renewed. It's a rebuilding. A renovation to that which was old. Because some people have crushed 
flies with sledgehammers in your heart. And there's damage. We need renovation. We need to rebuild. We need to be renewed. Many of us need to be reborn. Not reborn as it relates to salvation. Because you can't enter your second time into your mother's womb. But a new vision. Just a new way of seeing. Need weights lifted off of our shoulders. Is there anybody carrying weight? Maybe even hidden weight. God wants to lift it. He doesn't want us burdened. Yes, he tore us, but he will heal us. That's the kind of God he is. That's the kind of God he's like. He wants us restored. He really does. There may be people under the sound of my voice. I got to pick this up. I got a lot to say. I'm doing part two at 11. I'm teaching the women's Sunday school. You carrying burdens? Never felt like you can talk? God wants to lift you. He wants to renew you. That's how much he loves us. Thank you, Lord. I've already blessed this oil. If you have oil here, you can get it. If you can identify with me, come to the altar quickly. Want some heavy burdens lifted? Thank you, sir. Thank you, Dr. Joseph. It has been a real joy to share the Word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.